Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Well, what do I want to talk about today? I really got a bit of freedom today because I don't really have a topic as such. Um, I've got some thoughts running around my brain, which is really good for me. Um, <laughs> as normally I try to keep thoughts out of my brain, which is how I get into so much trouble. Um, try and keep them well away from my brain. But I felt, you know, it is, isn't it? It's New Year's Eve, obviously, and a lot of us will hear today and will say today, Happy New Year. And I felt the Lord say to me, what does Happy New Year look like for you? Now, if we asked even some people in this room, they would say Happy New Year looked like health, wealth, no trouble, nobody dying. But what does Happy New Year look like? What does Happy New Year look like from a kingdom perspective? Because if we remember, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. He says, be of good cheer. I'm going to change that slightly. Happy New Year. I have overcome the world. See, we're not, we're, not, we're not separate from the things that happen in and around, but we can be victorious in them. And, and I spend a lot of time talking to Christians who who are in those places and desperately trying to get out of them rather than finding the victory in them. You see, because if we really believe what the Bible says, then we believe that everything will work out good. But when we're in those places where things are not good, we don't quite see it. We just want out of it. And rightly so. You know, Moses is one of my, he's one of my favorite characters. I just, I cannot wait to meet him. I'm hoping I get to meet him before I go to glory. That would be really good. That would be really special. <laughs> ha, be good, Al. That would be really good. Um, do you know, I had, a, I had, a, I had a, an, an encounter, a vision um, a few days back that was the clear, I was asking God, I was saying, God, I want to see in the heavenly realm clearer than I've ever seen before. That was my prayer. I don't know if you prayed that, but I was praying that. I was like, God, I want to see clearer than I've ever seen before in the heavenly realms. I don't want um, gray images. I don't want, I don't want to sense, but I want to see. And in an instant like that, I, I, it was like being in this, it wasn't this room, it was a different room. I could see just like I was here, technicolor, clear. With my eyes closed, this image appeared. And I got so excited. <laughs> and I was like, God, this is great. What are you showing me? And he said, I'm showing you how clear you can see. So even in the midst of that, I was looking for something in it. God was trying to teach me something really simple. How clear do you want to see? was amazing. I've never had such a clear vision. I've had visions before of, 
of different things, but I've never had such a clear, sharp vision like that before. And that just happened to me a few days ago. Maybe I should have been asking earlier. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. But you know, Moses is a great, he's a, I love Moses as a character, partly because he messed up a bit, partly because he spent 80 years in a desert, yet led a nation into a, a new land. Isn't that amazing? The guy was messed up. <laughs> you know, he killed somebody. He had a speech impediment. He spent a lot of his life in the desert. He was detached from his parents at a very early age. He's, a, he's an amazing guy. Yet the amount of miracles that that guy seen was crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I think that's why I love him so much. Because despite what was going on around him, despite the difficulties, he knew what it was to have a happy new year. He really did. He really did. And he, seemed, and he was around some miserable people. Oh, was he around some miserable people, I tell you. I would have given up a long time ago, but he, he stuck in there despite that constant, constant complaining. Forty years of complaining. How did he cope? I don't know how he coped, but he did. And yet he had things like, in the early days, remember when he put his hand in his coat? And then he pulled it out and it had leprosy. And then he put it back in and pulled it out and it was clear. I mean, leprosy was the cancer of the day. You had, you had leprosy, you had cancer. You were going to die. <laughs> you know, and he was like, he was like, wow, wow, look at this. How good's that? You know, the old stick, snake, snake, stick, snake, stick, stick. I mean, he's seen some amazing stuff, didn't he? He was just, uh, he's just an incredible guy. Shoes never wore out. Clothes never wore out for 40 years. I've got some clothes like that. <laughs> Jai keeps trying to throw them out. That's a whole different story. And you've got people like Noah, who built a boat in a desert, who controlled animals. You've got Samson, who could push down walls. You've got Joshua, who stopped the sun. Think about that for a second. How fast is this earth spinning? Joshua says to God, God, can you stop the sun for a while? I need a longer day. Because the army's winning, and if we get a bit of a longer day, we'll win. God says, yeah, no bother, I'll stop the sun for you. In the Bible. It's in the Bible, you know. It's there. It's real. Stop the sun. Imagine just stopping the sun. <sighs> Come on. Come on. He had the audacity to ask God to stop the sun. Every time I do an open air, it rains. What's that all about? God, can you just have some sun and it lashes down a rain? Every open I've done, it's lashed down. Never mind. Joshua, sister God, can you stop the sun? He says, yeah, I'll do that for you. Wow. 
What about dead bones becoming alive and becoming an army? Dead bones. God gathers them and breathes life into them and they become an army. What about an axe that floats to the surface of the water? I've lost my axe. All right, let's just ask God if it'll make it float to the, to the water. Because I need to give it back to the person I borrowed it from. I mean, that was the motive. I need to give it back. So, God, would you make that axe head float so I could see it, please? Thank you. Wow. Happy New Year. What about a prophet who suddenly decides it's not going to rain for three years? By my word, it will not rain for three years. Wow. That's a happy three years. Or an unhappy three years. What about fire that fell from heaven and consumed 450 people? Prophets of Baal. What about a talking donkey? Come on. Bring on Shrek. We're laughing, but you believe this stuff? If you're Christians, you have to believe this stuff. It's in the Bible. A talking donkey? Why don't we try that one Sunday? That'd be great, wouldn't it? Let's get a donkey. And we'll see if we can talk. You've already got one. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you've already got one. <laughs> ah, what about Jesus? Water and the wine. The church has been trying to turn it back to water for the last 2,000 years. He walked on water. He walked through people. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Do you, know what, do, you know, do you know what it says in Luke 4, 28? When, I'm not even supposed to be speaking about this, but this will be good. But, um, but when, 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 when they were going to, they, they were furious. It says the people of the synagogue, the religious people, were furious with Jesus. So they got up and drove him out of the town, and they took him to the brow of a hill at the town where the town was built on, in order that they would throw him off a cliff. Listen what it says. But Jesus walked right through the crowd. I'm going to freak you a little bit here because most people think that the crowd opened up a nice pathway and Jesus walked through. I actually think he walked through people. (laughs) I know, but it's in the Bible. He walked through walls. Why couldn't he walk through people? Yeah, it's in the Bible. Have a read of it. He floated on clouds. What about his disciples? They were forever getting get out of jail cards for free, weren't they? They healed the sick. Huh. They had heavenly encounters. They cared for the poor. They walked through closed prison doors. Can I read you this story from Acts? I love this. Just just listen to this a little bit. It's just a bit from the Bible. We're good with this. It says, The night before, 
Herod was to bring them to trial. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and two censers stood guards at the entrance. So they wanted him in there. Suddenly, have you ever done a, a Bible study on the suddenly of God? Just like that vision I had the other morning. Suddenly. Bang. Wow. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared. And a light shone in the cell. <laughs> Peter was still asleep. He struck Peter on the shoulder and woke him up. Quick, he said. Get up. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. <laughs> wow. Just fell off. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrapped a cloak around him and followed, follow me, the angel said. The angel told him to follow him. <laughs> oh, right, I'll not go there. <laughs> Have you ever followed an angel? The angel told him to follow him. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea what the angel was doing. So he followed an angel and he had no idea. And he had no idea what was really happening. He didn't have his ducks in order. He didn't have his theology sorted out at this point. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and the second guards and came to an iron gate leading to the city. I could preach on that. <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> it opened for them by itself. So his chains fell off. The gate opened by itself and they went through it. And he walked the full length of the street and suddenly again the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself. <laughs> ha. Then Peter came to himself and said, Do you see there's a picture right there of, of stepping into a realm, isn't there? Then Peter came to himself. He, he, he come back to a place. From a place. <laughs> now I know Without a doubt, the Lord has sent an angel to rescue. Of course he knew, because he was outside the prison with no shackles. <laughs> you know, this guy wasn't that bright, was he? I know without a doubt that the Lord sent an angel to rescue me from Herod's clutches and from everything that the Jewish people would hope would happen. <laughs> and he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where some people had gathered to pray. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and the servant Rhoda came and answered the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening the door. I've had that happen before. And if they wait long enough, you will, I will leave. Um, but yeah, never mind. It's, uh, he, he opened the door and exclaimed, it's Peter at the door. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Take a note of that. Keep it. Happy New Year. Sometimes we need to get out of our minds. 
You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. So Peter must have had an angel that looked like Peter. But Peter kept knocking. <laughs> it's like me, I will keep knocking until you let me in. If I ever turn up, I'm going to keep knocking until you let me in. And when they opened the door, they saw him and they were astonished. Can you imagine that in your Happy New Year? Can you imagine that as an experience you lived through? And you can go into all manners of what kind of jail you might be in, blah 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 I used to say to my prisoners, there are more people in prison outside of here than they are in here. Because <laughs> you don't need to be in prison to be in prison. But you need an angel to turn up and loosen the chains. And sometimes you need to follow the angel out of that place. Not even being in your right mind, but believing that God has a rescue plan for you. Hmm. Some of the disciples were transported in the spirit. Some of them had visions. Some of them seen angels. God is still doing the impossible. Amen. He's still doing it. We're not hearing the testimonies. We're reading some of them from the Bible. And we are hearing some of the testimonies of this stuff. You know, I've heard of testimonies of people who've been transported in the Spirit and all kinds of stuff. It is still happening. But if we want it to happen to us, like my vision, I have to begin to get hungry for it. Hmm. You experience what you value. If you value it, if you pursue it, you begin to get experience of it. But if you write it off, you'll never walk into places and see the impossible take place. <laughs> As I said last time, it begins here in our brain. Ha! Huh. So God, I just release right now within each of us a desire. I kind of put a desire in you. What am I praying? I'm praying that you have a desire to be Bible-believing Christians. To be truly followers of Jesus. Not just in what we say, but in what we do. God, I pray that our Happy New Year will include the impossible taking place yeah. through you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. You know, the world holds New Year's resolutions, doesn't it? What's your New Year's resolution? I don't, I don't want you to do a New Year's resolution, but maybe if God puts something in your heart around, 
I want to see the impossible become possible. <laughs> then, then maybe. I'm not on about the stuff. <laughs> the stuff is the outpouring of the impossible taking place. That's the story. That's the, the essence. That's, that's the manifestation of the impossible. That's what we're reading about. But actually, I'm talking about believing for the impossible. There's a woman in 2 Kings, and most of you will know the story very well. And she had a bit of bother going on. She had a, a godly husband who died. And he died and left her in debt. Remember the story? Yeah. Elijah was the prophet who was going by. And she called out to him. She said, you know, my husband was a man of God. He was your servant. So I'm, I'm calling out to you. The creditors are coming to take my two boys. <laughs> Happy New Year. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all except a small jar of olive oil. Elijah said to her, go and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few. <laughs> then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars. As each one is filled, put it aside. So she left and shut the door behind with her sons, then brought the jars. And the oil kept pouring. When all the jars were filled, well, ha, ha, <laughs> When all the jars were filled, she said to her sons, bring another one to me. But they replied, we've got no jars left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, who said to her, sell the oil, pay your debt, and then keep the rest of the oil for you and your sons to live on. Whatever New Year has for you, there's a, there's, a, there's a key in this passage here that if you hold on to, you will truly have a happy new year. And the key is this. Shut the door. You see, there's, there's times for us corporately to be together like this, but these are really expressions of what it's like when, when you share your experience of being behind a closed door. Where, where you have your intimacy with the Father behind your closed door. Yeah. You see, she had a lot of problems. She had a lot of issues. It was one thing maybe to lose your car or your house, but she was going to lose her sons. She had a big need. She cried out to a man of God, a prophet, and I will just give you a little word of advice. Sometimes it's good to cry out to the prophet. Get a word of Lord on it. What's happening? What's happening, Mr. and Mrs. Prophet? Tell me. <laughs> give me some advice. It's all right to cry out to the prophet. They can help you. Huh. She cried out. 
to the prophet. Wow. But listen what he said. He didn't say, and this is a mark of a good prophet, (laughs) I'm going to come and fix you. He said, what can I do for you? What he was saying was this, how can I help you fix you? Look at it in the story, you'll get it. Let, let it drop. It's revelation. Let it drop for you. Because he's not, he's not offering her a solution from him. He's prophesying the solution into her. Well, some of you prophets are... <laughs> the solution that the prophecy was, was about her getting behind her closed door. You see, you see, the solution was in her house. It was always in her house. She just couldn't see it. She needed a prophet. Because the little bit of oil she had, she didn't see a seed. She's seen it as a savings account. Hello? Ha. I've just got a little bit of oil. I've got nothing. Just a little bit of oil. But it's in my house. I want to suggest to you today, that a happy new year is when you look back at what you've got. Because God's looking for the little bit you have to produce a harvest. It is all about seed. I haven't got time to preach this today. I was going to bring a word on seed, but I haven't got time to preach it. The value of the seed is found in the ground it is sown. You put a good seed into bad ground, you will not receive the harvest of the seed. It's just common sense, isn't it? And as we receive revelation, what we do with that seed, what ground we plant it in, oh, well, that's a load of tosh. That's not good ground. It needs a ground of faith. It's only a little seed. But it needs a ground of faith to grow. Not doubt, not unbelief. It needs faith. It needs for you to begin to see that within that seed contains life and prosperity. And you know what? The seed's in your house. It's in you. (laughs) I always say to people, start with what's in you but we don't value it. Luke 15 says this was the, the woman of the story, the story of a woman who, who lost the silver coin, remember? And she says, she said, well, suppose a woman had 10 silver coins and she lost one of them. Does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it?
For years and years and years and years and years, you've all been Christians. Let me just tell you, there are lots of seed in your house. Some of it's just waiting to be planted. So the man of God says to her, what's in your house? Well, I've got a bit of oil. That'll do, he says. <laughs> but then, the faith she needed was this. Go and collect jars. Now watch what happens here, because this is important. She didn't collect the jars, did she? The sons went. Because the... Wow. God was doing something with the next generation. It was their heads that were on the block, really. They were going to be carted off and sold. And she asked them for a measure of faith to go out and collect jaws. This woman's in debt. I'm guessing neighbors wouldn't probably not want to lend her anything. Yet here they are asking again for jaws. Wow. <clears throat> Elijah didn't bring anything new to the woman's house, but exposed what it was already there. Good fathers and mothers will shine a light on the value they see in you. Yeah. She began to pour out what she had, Have you ever been in a valley? <laughs> Have you ever been in a bad place? We've all kind of been in those situations, haven't we? And I often say to people, because sometimes you'll go to those places with folk, and, and for you it might not seem as bad, but for them it's their Goliath, it's their big thing. And I've learned that, not to judge, because for them it's their Goliath. But sometimes you get in a valley, and it is, if that's not bad enough, you end up having, you know, there's a, it's like there's a ditch being dug in the valley, so you go even lower again. Um, it was about really the jaws for her in that time of way, way in her valley. The jaws were her those empty vessels were about her revelation that she has capacity to receive more. And again, that is a revelation. You have capacity to receive more. He just needs something to contain it. Right, I'm going to bring this in. In that place of belief, there was no provision to go back. Collect the jaws, get in your house and shut the door. It was at that place God had to turn up. <laughs> Otherwise, they're coming out with empty jaws. 
and she'll lose her sons. In the miracle of that particular story was her willingness to see what she had, not what she needed. And I'm throwing some deep stuff out here today. But your, your willingness, your next miracle may be in recognizing what God has already placed in you. Not what you want somebody to pray for you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is wanting out. <laughs> He's there. I bet the sons had wished they'd collected more jaws. <laughs> I bet they wished they'd had more jaws. When, when they got in there, and, and what that must have felt like in that place of desperation, in the ditch in the valley, and they had the empty jaws, just picture it, and, and there's this little bit of oil in this little jaw, and the mum just begins to go, I'll just give it a go. And she begins to pour from that little place. Comes not just a blessing to get her out of a situation, but a blessing for the next generation. Because there was enough for her and her sons to be kept on. I don't know what kind of jaws they had, but they must have been big jaws. But there was enough blessing when she began to pour out. Oh, come on, church. When she began to pour out, you see, we think we've not got it. We think we've not got enough. We're not the, you know, we're not the men and women of God. You know, we're not the, we're not on the plot. Listen, when you begin to pour out the little you have, it's a measure of faith. When you begin to pour out, you get an MBE. Seriously. Begin to pour out the little you have. It's in your house. It's there within you. God's just saying, what about an investment? Come on, pour it out. But there's a faith journey in collecting the jars. But once you've got the jars, you have to get behind your door. It's not about a performance at church. It's not about how good I might look. I want to shut my door. It's about me. It's in this real place of family. It's in this real ditch in the valley. In that place, I'm going to stand in faith, believing that the man of God says, I pour this oil out, all these jars are going to fill. The man of God was not in there praying and laying hands on the jars. He wasn't there. But what he taught her was this. A huge lesson. That God can turn up for her. And if you take anything away from this sermon today, take this away. God can turn up for you. Amen. Whether somebody prays with you or not, God can turn up for you. Pour out what you have. You might think it's a little bit. Pour out what you have. Final verse and I'm finishing. I thought I'd better read something from Hebrews since I was, did put something on Facebook saying I was going to mention Hebrews. So, uh, 
Here we've got the sermon I was supposed to be doing, but we're not doing it. So here we go. But I want to read this verse. Because, again, there's an important point here. I know I've gone a bit deep today, but there's been some gems in there that I'm sure the Holy Spirit will, will, will take and will use for you for a happy new year. Um, the, the verse from Hebrews 4.12, it's a well-known verse. Listen what it says, 4.12 and 13. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. Jesus is alive and active. We know Jesus is the Word, the living Word. He's alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing, listen, soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes. Well, of the one who you must give an account to. Just to finish, I want to take this because we're we're body, soul, and spirit. Right? So body, soul, and spirit. That's what you're made up of. Um, Your soul and your spirit will be eternally redeemed. Your body, in its current form, will be recognizable, but will be renewed. You'll have a new body, okay? Your spirit is the bit where you receive Jesus, so you've got that. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, which is being sanctified. It's being changed, okay? We were always meant to live out of our spirit, our spirit man. But the vast majority of us live out of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. But we were meant to live and are meant to live out of the spirit. (laughs) Have you ever spoke to your spirit? Your spirit is, the Bible says that your spirit, once you become a Christian, is joined with Jesus. You are one in spirit. You have oneness with Jesus. So where do I want to live out of? I want to live out of that oneness with Jesus' place. Where do I spend my time living out of? My mind, my will, and my emotions. I've got no theology or background for this, but I did hear some preaching, some teaching, and actually Adam's spirit was on the outside of his body. I'm not sure what that looks like, but I did hear some teaching on that. I haven't written it off, but I haven't got no grid for that yet. But we were meant to live out of our spirit, so it would probably make sense before the fall, his spirit was on the outside. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. What I'm trying to say is this, the, the, the Word of God, Jesus, is sharper than a double-edged sword, and it needs to, He needs to divide your soul from your spirit. Have you ever prayed the prayer? <laughs> God, divide. Let your Word, your living Word, Jesus, divide my soul and my spirit. 
So I no longer live out of my soul, but I live out of my spirit. So my spirit begins to tell my soul, not my soul, my spirit. Your spirit will take you much further than your soul will ever allow you to go. But it will be a crazy way of living. Penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, body, soul, and spirit. Wow. So I want to encourage you guys. Really do want to encourage you guys because I am excited about next year. And I am excited around what God has for us. And there'll be a huge mixture in that. There'll be a huge mixture in that. But whatever that looks like, I believe we can live in a place of victory. Whatever that looks like, even if it feels that you have got absolutely nothing, that you're in a ditch in a valley, and God says to you, just begin to pour out. Behind your door, with your family, in that real place, and you will see God come. He sees every single breath you take. If he knows every sparrow and he's cared about every sparrow, let me tell you, he cares very much about you. And this isn't a doom and gloom message by any stretch of imagination. I think it's a reality check, maybe. Maybe a reality check for us. Because sometimes as Christians, we don't do too well with the valleys and the ditches in the valleys. And maybe it's because we don't have a real time where we've understood, where we've had a good teaching perspective on it, that we understood that God wants to bring victory through that place. <laughs> we just keep praying. Wow. It's important, church, that we don't live out of our mind and our will, and our emotions. But we live out of our spirit. So my spirit says to me that God wants to heal every sickness and disease. My mind says, well, he's not doing that, though, is he? <laughs> you know, we can't change the truth. The truth is the truth. It might mess your mind up a bit, but it is the truth. So I just want to pray for you, and then I'm going to hand back to Paul. Father, I want to pray that you'd help us to have a truly happy new year. <laughs> and I speak blessing, prosperity, wealth, encounter upon all of these folk here today. But I also know that you are the God of provision, and that you will turn up in our hour of need. But even if the circumstances don't change, you will bring us victory through it. Hmm. God, I thank you and I declare over your people here today that you are in complete control. That there is nothing hidden from you. I thank you, Father, that you have placed within each of us a seed that you're asking us to plant in good ground. 
a bit of oil that you're asking us to pour out so that we may see increase. I pray for a, a holy boldness to come over us, God. Not in a showman or showwoman kind of way, but in a way where we get behind our closed doors and we do real business with you in that place, in the closet, in that place behind closed doors where we can, well, see you pour out miracle after miracle in our lives. And we can bear testimony of it. So God, we want to give you the honor and you the glory for 2017. We want to bless you for all you've done, Father. We thank you, God, for the many, many miracles and blessings we have seen in 2017. And Father, we lay before you. We look at your scroll for 2018 and what you have planned, and we want to join in with that. We want to come in line with that. Hmm. So we speak blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.